Chased Through the Woods by Sam Scholes. I'm a 17-year-old male, and I'm living in the Midwest. In my sophomore year of high school, my friends peer pressured me into joining the track team. I thought it was a good idea, because I wanted to improve my stamina. So due to this fact, I was asked to join the long-distance track team, or cross-country in other areas. Our small group would run in the woods and then to a lake to practice. These woods are primarily used for off-road biking, so we would run in the forest on various paths. After school, we would run in these woods every single day. We saw deer, and these deer would get so close that you could pretty much pet them. These woods were fun to run in because they could become secluded, and I enjoyed nature. The last day I ran in these woods, it was just another day. Due to my poor stamina, I was far behind the rest of the group and produced a cramp. I stopped to take a breather. The bike path is cut into a slope, dividing into two parts. Trees surround the upper half and above, it's a little bit more cleared out. The other half of the hill leads to ponds and then of course more woods. As I admired nature, I heard a loud snap up in the woods above me. In so many scary stories, people say they get that feeling where they feel dread or the hair on the back of their neck stands up. This feeling is genuine, as I, too, got this exact feeling. Turning around, I expected to see a deer, yet to my utter horror, I saw a man. The man was far away, but I saw his jeans and long-sleeved checkered shirts. A bit of background on myself. I am currently a third-degree black belt in Taekwondo, going on 15 years of practicing martial arts. Still, with my knowledge of self-defense, I was put off and began a light jog. To my utter horror, the man started to sprint down the slope at an angle. The creepiest part of this sudden sprint is how he used the trees to propel himself. I suddenly realized why he was running at an angle. He wanted to cut me off. Realizing I couldn't outrun him, I said a silent prayer as I ripped off an old stick of a fallen tree. The man finally made it down the hill. I was face to face with what I believe was a homeless man. The smell was very pungent. His eyes were bloodshot, and he had an unkempt beard. I warned him to buzz off and raise the stick. The man smiled and said some words I will never forget. All I want to do is play. I closed the distance at this comment by delivering a kick to his groin. He moaned and began to stumble. I brought down the stick as hard as I could, breaking it over his head. The man fell on the path. With utter fear in my heart, I ran as fast and as hard as I ever had. My coach was waiting for me at the end of the forest path. She could see that I looked fearful and asked me what was wrong. I smiled weakly and told her nothing. I decided not to tell my coach anything because I didn't think she would believe me. After a few days, I decided to say to my parents what happened, who then told me to tell my coach immediately. I told her the next practice and we did not run in those woods again. Over a year later, and I have decided to not enter those woods still. And to that man, I don't know what his intentions were but I hope I never see him again. I know that me not initially saying anything could potentially raise a lot of danger for other people, and I'm still kicking myself to this day for waiting. I'm a homeless veteran living in the woods. By Star Wars Fan 1979 Although I am currently homeless, I am not without a job. I decided to leave the army after three years of service due to terrible pay and long, uncompensated hours at work. However, 
After a few months of job searching, I found a pretty great job as a fraud investigator in Kansas City. The pay was excellent, and the only thing that would keep anyone from accepting this job was the commute distance of a thousand miles from Fort Bragg, North Carolina. An additional obstacle would be that once I did get there, I wouldn't have the funds to rent an apartment. I would be homeless for two weeks at the very least until I got my first paycheck. For many people, this would be a deal breaker, and I can see why, but being in the army for so long, I got used to eating, you know, crap sandwiches and whatnot for breakfast and making almost any situation work for me. We used to go in the field for weeks at a time, which would involve camping in the woods and, in most cases, not having showers until we left for home. Since this wasn't a new situation for me, I accepted the job offer and made my way over to Kansas City as soon as I could. The moment I was released from my duties in the army, I head out. I like to drive, so I could make that trip in just two days or less. Once I got to the new city, I got to searching for areas the locals or police wouldn't mind someone camping for an extended amount of time. By nightfall, I could find a natural place, a patch of gravel next to the road only a few feet from the woods where camping for up to two weeks was free, and no one would bother me until I had the funds to move into my apartment. I had brought some supplies in preparation for this. I could use extra clean clothes, canned food, sheets, and wet towels to shower in the mornings. Since I didn't have a camping tent, I converted the back of my car into a bed. After placing the back seats down, I had enough space to sleep comfortably, so I put some sheets down and decided to tie another sheet above me so no one could peek in through my windows and see me sleeping there. This worked fine for a couple of days, but as I drove back to my campsite one night I noticed some weird things. While working on my bed setup, I noticed that the forest was dead quiet. Usually crickets and other animal noises would rule the night air, but it was utterly silent that night. The moment I noticed, I felt uneasy, uh, like I was being watched or something. I hurried with what I was doing and jumped in my secure car. After a couple of minutes, I forgot about the situation and fell asleep. A couple of hours into the night, I noticed that the window closest to my face was foggy, as if someone had been breathing on the other side. I grabbed my phone to check the time. I paused for just a moment. A sound came from the side of the makeshift bed, and the other window was now covered by the sheet just a few inches above me, so I couldn't see anything. The sound was a light, gentle tapping on the glass, and I doubted that if I weren't already awake that I would have heard it. The fear took over moments later after I registered what could possibly be going on. I began to think that maybe I should go investigate further, but eventually, my morbid curiosity would win over, and I quietly and very gently reached for the sheet, pulling it up. What I saw made me choke. On the other side of the window, there was… there was some big creature. It was hairy. It was crouching over to my window, looking directly at me. Before you ask, no, this was not Bigfoot. It had hair on what I could see of its body, but it was thinning and patchy. It was big but not muscle-bound. It was very skinny and had long claws on the end of its bony-looking hands. Tapping on the window with them, the most grotesque of its features was that horrible smile. Its smile was ear to ear. I don't know if it was because it was enjoying this or if it saw me when I took a quick peek at it. I tried not to react as I tried to make it to my front seat to drive away, and it could easily break through the window with those sharp claws to get to me, 
So for the next couple of hours, I lay in my makeshift bed, praying that the thing outside my window doesn't break it and kill me. Eventually, the tapping stopped and the sun came up. I got out of my car the following day and investigated the area around my car. There were very weird-looking tracks all over my campsite that only confirmed I had not imagined the whole thing. And there was something on the other side of my window that night. Why it didn't just break into my car and do whatever it wanted is the only thing that just nags at my brain. It's like it was playing with me. The other would be how long had that thing actually been coming to my campsite at night, and had this only been the first time it got so close to me, or had it been doing this for every night and I just hadn't noticed because of my deep sleeping. I have no idea what followed me. Bye. Acceptable Fruity. In 1984, I was eight years old. Every summer, my family would camp in and around different campgrounds within Yellowstone Park. Every trip, I'd beg to sleep in a small tent next to the trailer, but my parents always said no. Finally, this time, my parents said yes on the last night of our trip. I was excited to be deemed old enough to sleep with my five-year-old sister in our tiny tent in the clearing next to my parents' trailer. But... The rule was I was not allowed to leave the tent unless I needed to use the bathroom in the trailer. It was pretty late at night, my sister was asleep, and the forest was quiet, aside from the chirping bugs. I loved it. I listened to the rhythms and read my book. I didn't notice when the sounds were reduced to only maybe a fraction of what they were until all I noticed was that of my breathing sister. My flashlight began to flicker and then blinked out entirely, interrupting my focus on the story. It was hushed but my ears were fixating on a sound that sounded like something was crashing through the underbrush. It was stirring at the edge of the pines surrounding at our tent. The sound was muffled at first, like I said, like footsteps, but the cadence was wrong, and I began to feel the vibrations of something. My mind decided that it must be a deer, but as it neared the edge of my tent, I could tell the steps were made by two feet, not four. They were circling, shuffling the pine needles into the sides of the tent softly. At that moment, I was equally thankful and horrified that my flashlight was not on. My curiosity peaked, but I wasn't about to check to see what it was. My imagination suggested a kidnapper or maybe even Bigfoot. I wanted whatever it was to keep on moving, to investigate another tent, but it was late in the season and we were virtually alone. My heart hammered as I held my breath listening for clues as to what this thing could be. It paced methodically around my tent for what felt like forever. Every time the steps would be near the zippered entrance, I'd cringe in the anticipation of what would happen next. Finally, I lay on my stomach with my knees to my chest and listened for the next rotation. My fear was so thick in the tent, I worried the thing could smell me. I couldn't control my emotions. I wanted to run, but I knew that I could not leave my sister behind, and the thing would surely get me before my parents would wake up to save me. So I laid there, absolutely frozen. It seemed like an hour had passed, but it couldn't have been that long. The steps had made several circles around the tent, then stopped. They didn't drift off into the distance as someone retreated. They just stopped. I didn't move for a long time. So, so long, honestly, that my bladder felt like it was going to burst. Finally, I felt way too terrified to leave the tent. 
so I lifted a corner of the tarp base and shakily relieved myself. I opened my sleeping bag to get inside and saw my flashlight glowing again. The following day, I didn't tell anyone what had happened. Instead, before they woke up, I placed my soiled clothes in a bag, cleaned the tent, and then rolled up the sleeping bag. I gingerly unzipped the tent, tentatively, looking for the tracks and such, attempting to verify that I had indeed heard something before, but there was nothing. There was no marks around the tent. I couldn't believe it. I'd been reading a mystery story and probably psyched myself out is what I try to convince myself of, but honestly, it, it makes no sense. Something We Saw in the Woods by Kira H. I grew up in a tiny Florida town, and our neighborhood's back house is backed up to a stretch of forest. It's not a gigantic forest, but it's pretty big, and no one goes there, at least no one that I've ever seen. Instead, people have found Native American burial grounds, and almost everyone I know who lives along the forest line has some crazy story about why they don't go back there. This is mine. For the sake of this story, my four friends, we'll call them Chris, Bailey, Peyton, and Will, all lived in the same neighborhood as me. Bailey, Peyton, and Will, they were siblings that lived across the street from me, and Chris lived a few houses down, right along the forest line. Myself, Peyton, and Chris were all 11 years old at the time, Will was 13 and Bailey was 9. We all decided to go to Chris's house since we got a new trampoline and we wanted to play on it. We got bored of it after a while but didn't want to go inside quite yet. Bailey obsessed with anything supernatural. They suggested we hop the fence in Chris's backyard and wander into the forest. So like the genius preteens we were, that's exactly what we did. We walked straight back from Chris's house for almost an hour when suddenly all the forest noises around us stopped. We all froze. Bailey and Peyton looked at me for answers. They looked to me for They looked for me for what to do because they were both convinced I had some paranormal sensitivity about me. After all, anytime we've gone to haunted places, I've always been the one seeing or hearing weird things. But I had no idea what was happening or what to do. So I shrugged but didn't move otherwise. Then finally we hear Chris gasp. We look over at him to see him wide-eyed, pointing at something in front of us. When I looked where he was pointing, I saw this fuzzy-looking black mass curled up on the forest floor reasonably far from us. My first instinct was that it was a bear, but it didn't look quite right, and I couldn't make out any discernible features, and it's not moving correctly. I have tried and failed so many times in telling this story to explain what I mean by that, but I just can't. It just looked wrong. I suddenly got an overwhelming feeling of we need to run now. Something is very, very wrong and something bad is going to happen if we didn't get out of there. So I grabbed Bailey and Peyton's arms, turned them around, and pushed them back in the direction of the house. We started running, going as fast as we could. I could hear Chris and Will following behind us. I purposely slowed down enough to let the boys pass me, so I'm bringing up the rear. I'm very protective of my friends and family, and I'm known for doing crap like that. So whatever this thing was that was chasing us would get me and let them escape. While we were running... I can feel tingles up the back of my spine, voices screaming in the back of my head. If we stop, we're dead. We run until we find the fence to one of the neighbor's yards and hop it. We continue running around this neighbor's house and into the street. Where we popped out was close to my house, so this is where we all ended up running. 
When we could breathe again, Will asked what happened. Only Chris and I saw the black mass. Chris also seen it rise, hearing me, Bailey, and Peyton start running, which made him grab Will and start running as well. But we all agreed we listened to a distinct lack of sound right before Chris and I saw this black thing, so none of us have ever gone back there again. I have no idea how we can possibly explain this any further. I have no idea what this thing is or what it could be. I know a lot of people keep saying black bear, but I'm telling you, that's not what this thing was. Hi Swamp Dweller, my name is Seth. I live in the middle of the woods on a 65-acre private lake down in Georgia, about an hour west of Lake Sinclair. It's an incredibly small town which is mostly secluded, so we don't have many neighbors within 10 miles. The history of our property dates back to the 1850s, as my wife found out more about my family tree, which is cool. My great-great-great-grandfather was a Cherokee Native American who settled down with a white woman as he built the property, the lake, and the first house which was rebuilt over time. Promises have been made to keep the property and the family, and since I was the last child to get married, my grandparents decided to leave it all to me in their will. I am now 28 years old, happily married and have three beautiful children who are now growing up and enjoying the property. Anyways, one night I decided to go fishing in my pontoon boat which my grandfather bought back in 1991. He left it for me as well. I was baiting up a few poles to catch some catfish and striped bass using my mounted solar lights on the boat and headlamp. I was in the middle of the lake which is around 100 yards away from the shore. I heard what sounded like bushes shaking, but I didn't think much of it since there are coyotes, bobcats, hogs, and lots of other animals around. I figured it was probably just a raccoon, armadillo, or possum. The bushes started to get louder and that's when I realized that it was nothing small. It sounded like something was using a lot of force to shake the bushes, and that's when I started to get tense as I froze up, and the hairs on my head started to crawl. I think to myself, okay, don't move and don't make a sound, cause whatever it is, it's huge. My headlamp isn't exactly as bright as a spotlight, but it can shine into the ground with not much effort to see the trees or the bushes. The noise was literally right in front of the light shine. Whatever this thing was had to be at least two to three feet taller than I was. As I'm 6'2", and I had to look up to find how much higher this thing's mouth was as it let out a low growl. I said to myself again, We don't have bears here. What the heck is that thing? I saw its shadow walk through my light, but it wasn't enough to get a full image of this thing. All I know is that it was a dark figure. Before it vanished into the dark woods, it let out a strange sound like two whooping sounds. This happened last week on Saturday and I've been meaning to go back out there during the daytime to see if there's any footprints of the creature so I can take pictures to share it with you. But I will definitely keep you updated when I do go back there, since it is my catfish hotspot. Thanks for sharing my story, Swamp Dweller, and I hope you have a great night. I have debated for quite some time whether or not I should talk about this. It was a super short blip of time and I didn't really see anything, but I ultimately decided maybe I could find some answers as to what could have made this noise. My husband, who is 28, and I, who is 25, stay in a small town that borders a massive redwood forest. We are about 15 minutes or less from the trees of mystery. We live on a street that was built in the middle of the forest for whatever reason. 
There are two large patches, maybe 5 to 15 miles long, that bridge us to another town, and then eventually connect to an even larger forest, on both ends of our street. I will also say we tend to be night owls, preferring to stay up late and wake up late. So getting to what happened. My husband was getting ready for bed while I sat under the covers. It was a nice cool fall night after a hot day, so I opened up the window to just curl up under my five blankets with the wonderful fall air on my face. While laying on my phone, not quite asleep yet, I started to look up the next full moon just because I like that sort of stuff. I was surprised to find that the moon was 100% tonight, so I looked outside my window from my bedside and confirmed the amount of light on the ground outside on our street, which we don't have any street lights. It's an old street and was built many years before then. Surprisingly, the moon kept everything very well lit tonight in a bluish toned color. I was kind of like, oh neat, then sat my phone down. I like to wait for my husband to get in bed before I start falling asleep. I don't know if it's a comfort thing or not, but I usually can't sleep well in bed unless he's near me. I was wide awake, sitting there for about two to five minutes, listening to the crickets outside when I heard a man scream up the street. It sounded like it was coming two to three doors down, near one of the edges of the forest. At first, it was just a fearful scream, but the more it continued, the more I realized, oh, it's just a silly guy making a fake scream. Why, it's 2 a.m., who does this? But the scream went on for far too long, and then at the tail end, it went from this silly fake man scream to a deep, gurgling roar. Similar to, I don't know, someone transforming into, like, a werewolf in the movies? But at that time, the first part of the scream didn't sound real, like it was forced or pretend, or I don't know, like somebody pretending to scream. I don't recall whether or not the crickets went silent, by the way. I just know I was no longer trying to listen to them after hearing that crazy sound. I have often wondered, is it a Sasquatch, werewolf dogman type thing, or some other creepy critter all the way to a person potentially doing this? But no one could go, that deep, right? How could somebody scream that long, that loud? It echoed, and it felt like it felt like a mega speaker all around us in surround sound. I'm sure our neighbors had to have heard it. I haven't gotten the balls yet to ask them, though. I've gone through every possibility. Has anyone ever experienced something like this? And does anybody have any idea what could be lurking in the woods by our house? 